You're listening to the Metamore City Podcast, special episode number six. Warning, this episode contains lots and lots of talk about sex. No, really, you'll want to hide this one from the children. Metamore City, a podcast series created by Chris Lester. For more information, please visit www.metamorecity.com. This is Chris Lester. This is J. Daniel Sawyer. This is Philippa Ballantyne. And we are all sitting here with lovely adult beverages, chocolate, and far too much naughtiness for our own good. We've been talking about sex in Antithesis and Metamore City, and we thought you guys would be titillated and intrigued to Emph- eavesdrop. Emphasis on the titillated. <laughs> Put those away, Pip. <laughs> Sorry. The camera comes out later. <laughs> All right. Well, enough talking about you. Let's talk about me. What about this saucy bitch, Pip? He's a saucy, saucy bitch. He is. And he's going to play as a... Needless to say, none of them look anywhere near as good in theirs as Chris does in his. <laughs> in their what? <laughs> All you Metamore City fangirls. <laughs> you do live in Berkeley. There are some very kinky shops within about three blocks of you. Probably. What? And I didn't get to go to any of them? Well, there's always tomorrow. <sighs> oh, well, I am going to Vegas. I presume that they have kinky shops yeah, there. Yeah, and better prices, too. <laughs> Woot! Well, because they're there, they, you spend all your money on the gambling. They they, they give you the cheap... I don't th- gamble. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why <laughs> it's such a big deal. They give you the lingerie for cheap so that you'll get laid and then go back to the tables. <laughs> Hopefully with your judgment altered. Yes, yes. So, yes, um, Chris and Sex and Metamore City. Like a ripe, full Pinot Noir. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, I think we're out of the Pinot. Could you pass the, uh, the franc? Or I can get the franc. Right? Yeah, if I knew where it was. By the way, it was lovely Pinot Pip. Thank oh, you. Yeah, it was delicious. She brought that to us from New Zealand, guys. Mm, good stuff. If ever you have a kiwi in your house... You may be lucky enough that she will bring a beautiful Pinot Noir from New Zealand. Yes, it's one of the the wines of New Zealand. One of the best wines of New Zealand is the Pinot. Yeah, it still smells good. I would love for you guys to try this. I think you'll like it. Okay, just a little bit, though. I have to drive. Okay. When? Okay, so, yes, Pip, this uh, Uh, saucy bitch. When you you were telling me uh, about some of your personal information, Chris, and I'd listened to Metamore City, I was like, you're right. (laughs) <laughs> what, what well, the, the, you said you know you said that you were inexperienced. I was like, no, you can't be. <laughs> Seriously, no, I don't believe. No, this is like a shtick. This is like Sigler being the FDO, right? <laughs> it's all book learning. <laughs> all book learning. <laughs> book, le- book learning can do you uh, do you proud? Miles of some, good, yes. yeah. Yeah, uh, I think the, the uh, sensuality of, of Huntress. Oh yes. Uh, Immediately gorgeous. draws you in, even even though you don't actually get to see the hot girl on vampire action directly. It is um, such a build up that you 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 really don't need to see the your, your imagination paints the picture. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was like, oh, okay, this, this is how it's gonna go. I'm going to have trouble listening to this at work. <laughs> <laughs> but I will. 
Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Now, it was, uh, I resisted, I, I, I came to Metamore City because of your interview with Minx, which was actually the first time I'd ever heard your voice. Hmm. And I sexy, had, sexy I'd heard Minx talking about you before that, and that was all I'd ever heard of your show. Um, I heard you on Minx's podcast, and I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. He seems quite enigmatic. And so I went over and I listened to Welcome to the City, and I liked it. I thought it was a, a good story. It was pretty well written. and um, But I wasn't really quite sold, because I'm not an urban fantasy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are not sold by the first episode. So, yeah. um, I, you know, It was one of those, I liked the story. If it had been on TV, I would have sat down and watched it. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, you know, I'm not an urban fantasy guy. It takes, uh, it's one of those genres like romance, there's a higher bar. Right. Because... You know, Sturgeon's Law doesn't apply in urban fantasy or romance. It's Sturgeon's Law plus nine. Rather than 90% of everything being crap, 99% of everything is crap. Um, so I'm much more picky um, because the trope, and the tropes of the genre don't appeal to me. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I, kinda, I had enough of vampires and pixies and everything by the time I got done with reading Xanth novels. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I read 14 of them. No, no, oh. 17 of them. Oh God! It's no uh, wonder you were screwed up. <laughs> See, I kind of I got tired of the whole you know mythical beasts and demons and everything thing, but um, but uh, you pulled you pulled that off well enough that I was willing to give the the next. I said I'll give him three or four more, mm. and I listened to Huntress and I fell in love, and it wasn't just Leanne's voice. There was um, there's something about direct sensuality. You know when 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 you when you touch a a table that you've been touching, you don't notice it, but you go touch a different surface and you're immediately sensually aware of it for a couple of seconds. It makes a big impression because your brain's registering everything. And if you're in the right frame of mind, it can actually, erotic's the wrong word, but it can be an incredibly engrossing experience, just feeling Mm. the textures on things. And that's something that I try to capture with antithesis. And that same quality is present in your writing. And that's Mm. what hooked me. I was like, this is someone who is interested in actually experiencing the world rather than just observing it mm. or um, or um, getting off on it, mm. which is a problem I have with a lot of, uh, you know, even though I like adventure stories and detective stories and everything, a lot of fiction is either observing the world or getting a few thrills from taking a ride through it. Mm-hmm. Um and there's something very special about stories that give you a direct sensual contact in a way that, mm. in a way that 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 makes you feel it too. Im- immersive, right? Very. I immersive. felt like I was yes. immersed in, in Huntress. Yeah, and yeah. so with Huntress, I decided then to go on. Mm. That's something that I, I, you know, of course, um, it's a major. The 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 questions that I was trying to explore in Huntress were, you know, what would it actually be like to be a vampire, you know, right. to 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 experience the world through this different filter of and perceptions, and that very much came through. And that's something that that I think, I think it comes from starting out writing in transformation fiction, which is a very particular subgenre that's very much focused on um, the effects of changing circumstances and changing um, sensual percep or you know physical perception of reality mm-hmm. through changing the body that someone right. is in. And so I think that a lot of my fiction includes that sort of exploratory, you know, the things, the questions that interest me are, you know, 
you change this about a person or about a person's circumstances and how does that change mm. the way that they interact with the world and yeah. you know you see that that's one of the things that I I did in um in in troubled minds and in um making the cut with focusing on the telepaths and then with Danny, you know, Daniel slash Danny Sharabi, you know, what, what does it do to your psyche when you are changed into a woman and from being a man and you, you're looking, you know, having sex for the first time as a woman um, with, a, you know, a man's experiences behind that, you know, what is that, what, how would a, a man who had been put into a woman's body experience that sort of change in perspective? multiple orgasms Ooh. sorry <laughs> that is one area in which we are all envious yeah. oh, yes. i mean we'd all like to pee standing up but quite frankly i wouldn't trade in the multiple orgasms no hey <laughs> go to enough nude beaches you'll meet women who can yeah, speak pee yeah, standing yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. but no yeah I, but but that i i real i love fiction that forces you to be something else for a little while then you can put it down and go process the experience. Mm-hmm. But it that enriches life rather than mm. just letting you escape from it. It it stays that kind of fiction for at least where my experience is concerned stays with you. It transforms the way you see the world in some way. Yeah, I mean, there's two kinds of two kinds of fiction. There's the ones that you that is popcorn fiction that you're having mm-hmm. a good ride on and yep. it's it's all thrill. And there are ones that actually uh, change your perspective and yeah. and um, and you carry with you. Mm-hmm. And part of that, the reader brings to it. I know, and I deliberately right. look for that kind of thing. But and I've had a lot of writer, a lot of readers commenting. Um, you know, not I mean, not a majority, but a, you know, a fair number of them talking about what they saw as being you know excessive sexual content, or in particular, excessive lesbian content it tells you in a lot my about stories. The readers, doesn't it? it does. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the, do, so you get the ones where it's like, I like your writing. But. but I thought that was a little smutty, <laughs> what you put in there, and that turned me off. Or they'll say, you know, I, I got over this stuff when I was 14, mm. or, you know. You never get over sex. No, if you do, it's, it's a disorder. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. It's, 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 called, it's called desire disorder, and you need help. It's in the dsm 4 Go mm. look it up. Um, yeah, but it's that... That's that highly sensualistic approach is what characterizes all of Metamore City for me, and it's that's why it feels so sexy. Aside from the fact that you're directly exploring a lot of interesting issues about sexuality and mm-hmm. some of and which, relationships and relationships, and some of which are uh, very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, love the way you deal with Polly. Well, I was thank you. I was actually almost. Pissed off isn't the right word, but I was a little like, "Oh my god, that's toad! Just ah, that's wrong." When I met you, and you're a single uh, and uh, as far as you know, monogamous guy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "But he's so bohemian in his stories, and <laughs> he, I like the way he thinks." And yet, you know, there's this mismatch, and. That sucks. <laughs> but, but when you think about it, that's what writers, I mean, yeah, fantasy no, writers, I, you're yeah. putting yourself in a world that doesn't exist and oh, you're yeah. imagining how and, things and, and are. And you get to so, play around with it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not that much of a stretch, it's just that... Right, no, it's just that, I mean, I, mean, I hang around with, I've hung around with a lot of old hippies all my life and, you know, people who have done things that I've only read about in books. <laughs> and, uh, and and I've gotten used to, um, I've gotten used to the idea that if if you can write about it as well as you do, 
you've either done it or you've done something that has enough in common with it that you're basing it at least obliquely on a direct sensual mm -hmm. experience. And uh, so, so that, for the virgin to be able to come right. in here and write something, right? Big, write big, sex. yeah, big, big props, big props. That's very rare for to have that kind of an accurate imagination. Mm. Mm. Thank you. I I owe a lot of it to research from the the potosphere and mm -hmm. from you know people who I've you know run things by who know a bit more about this stuff from direct experience right. than I do. <laughs> research is a wonderful thing, but. Um, can you can you get a uh, tax deduction on that? <laughs> no, I write erotica, honestly. <laughs> my, my, the receipts to the SNM Club are research. Actually, you can get a tax deduction on that. I have yet to do. But, you know, I have yet to use the the. I'm trying to do research for my my, my novel line as a um, pickup me, line. But yeah. <laughs> there would, you, would you care to you assist? Need to, yes, I'll put you in the acknowledgments. <laughs> I need one of those shirts. Be careful, you might wind up in my novel. <laughs> but. Um, but no, the sex itself. Um, I think the 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 point where you were at your best with sex in Metamore City so far was in the club scene. Mm. Um, you were that, that was where you were least timid of anything I've read of yours so far, mm -hmm. and where I lost track of the narrator. You've got a fabulous voice, and it's it's present all through, and it's what makes your writing special. But in an action scene or a sex scene or a deep emotional scene, you know the writer has hit it as well as it can possibly be hit when you lose track of the narrator. Mm. Mm. And that is the one spot in Metamore City so far where I've lost completely lost track of the narrator. It's dialogue driven. The character voices are strong. The internal um, perspectives, the the bodily feelings they're both having, the way they move, the way they talk to each other, it's perfect. It, mm. I mean, I I know people who've been in that situation who've told me the same thing I heard in your book. Mm. I have been close enough physically to that kind of situation to to, to you know to get all the external observation i don't have the right plumbing to have been in it myself right <laughs> but um, but no you you nailed it perfectly and um and the the other um the the other sex that boils below the surface all over metamore city is fabulous because it's a very sexually charged it's city, very obviously. Sexually charged city. <laughs> well when 20% of your population are are sex changers who have a um gen a, a magically predis you know, predisposition, magical predisposition to hypersexuality because mm -hmm. of gonna, what's been inflicted on yeah, them. It's right. going to appear somewhere. It's going to yeah. pop out all over the place. Yes. <sighs> I, I, I've, I've toned down <laughs> some elements of the, you know, of metamorph society from what uh, had originally been established in the uh, metamorph keep. <laughs> trying to work us in gently or Well, like the the whole thing with the sensualists. You know, the mm. the uh you know the 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 professional sex industry of Metamore is something that we have not we have not seen. Um and we have also not seen the hedonists, the Church of Hedonism, um, which is a major uh one of the the major cults in uh, the world of metamorph mm -hmm. we'll be seeing them in this the story that i read at balticon um and uh getting to figure out what they're up to but yes when you have the a, a woman walking the earth who is 
the goddess of lust and passion and desire who has her effect. who has her own website and has her own church and is very you know her 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 um priesthood of incubi and succubi is very involved in evangelism uh, those were some people i'd let in <laughs> it's going to have an effect have we told you about our religion no but come in and tell yes. me all about it i'll give the olive oil <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's like the religions that we that I'm exploring in antithesis so far. Oh, <laughs> you can yeah. have the hallucinogenic seed cakes or the oil, or, or the oil baptism. Mm. Which would you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> Both lead to the same ecstatic experience. Mm. <laughs> it is interesting how um, so many world religions have tied in um, sexuality in a way that... that um, modern christianity has not um i used to say that you know the vampires in in metamore city were sex and drugs and god all rolled into one mm. um you know metaphorically speaking but um you know, i think that it's it's yeah. true it's a very useful metaphor but mm. um the extent to which those those things tend to go together in in world religions is rather um, remarkable. And... Well, and, and, and it does go together in Christianity too. It's just a different, it, it, it's an ascetic rather than mm-hmm. an indulgent approach to sex, but it still holds mm-hmm. that, that high God place in the, in the pantheon. And sex is definitely, you know, if you go to the right churches, um, sex is definitely honored as a, a sacred act. Right. Well, you know, um, people write and they say, well, I saw God. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, yeah, and I think that's it. I think that religion has to do that. And it's one of the, one of the, well, I was talking last time about how I do have a basic antipathy towards religion, and this mm. is one of the reasons. Whether it's a sex-positive religion like a pagan religion or a sex-negative religion like many uh, aspects of, or many sects of Christianity have been over the years, um, religion cannot function without access to the sex drive. Mm-hmm. Um, sex and spirituality are part of the same bonding and drive system in the human psyche. Mm-hmm. And so... so so religion has to make sex sacred, and uh, whether it makes it so sacred that it's dangerous magic and you shouldn't ever do it except in very controlled circumstances, or whether it's so sacred that doing it is an act of worship and you should do it all the time and to honor the gods and summon their power. Mm-hmm. In either case, it takes sex out of the realm of being an act of human relationship and connection, mm-hmm. and I think that's deeply unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I have to cogitate on that one, but I, yeah, my my personal feeling is that um, human the human relationships between you know the relationships between people and the relationships between people and God are not meant to be disconnected from one another, mm-hmm. and that the it is sacred because humanity itself is sacred, hmm. and you know it's like the it's kind of wrapped up with that whole you know the the Hindu idea of Namaste. The, the you know the the that which is the of num- the divine in the me the numinous of everything yeah yes. the the divinity in me bows to the divinity in you right thou art god yeah. Yeah, that's another way that's, of putting that's where that's where they came from mm-hmm. actually one of them i've got a beautiful song i think is it oh, i can't remember the artist who who's, who sings this most beautiful song and it's i see the god in you mm-hmm. and it's 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 very sexual and very sensual yeah. and stuff like that mm-hmm. and I, that's yeah but yeah, I mean, I think that that sexuality is deeply tied in with our spirituality mm-hmm. because I think that they're those are both um, 
sexual the sexual act is the most intimate um, physical. Yeah, it it's most, the most intimate physical correct. act that we have between humans, and it can act as a vehicle for the most intimate of emotional um, relationships. I mean, there's a reason why. Um, the Bible uses the imagery of of the bride and the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's that that whole um, the intimacy of it is is as deep and as powerful as anything in human relationship. And, yeah, I just, I, I I object to the idea that that it being merely human makes it less special. I think it makes it more special than it being a divine thing. Mm. Um, See, I but to it, my, it, it, yeah, from my perspective, you um, can't separate the well, two. Well, okay, but there's a um, there's an old, old television show in the '80s called Wise Guy um, about an FBI agent goes undercover. That part's not important, but mm-hmm. it, in in one scene in one of the episodes, the main character is talking to a rock star, <clears throat> and the rock star talks about why he's now a recluse, and it's because he walk around all the time, and people are like, oh, bow down to him. You know, treat him like a god, mm-hmm. and he gets to the end of this. You know, it, it felt it, it. You know, it, it feels wonderful, but the worship drains the humanity from you. Hmm. I think calling something divine as a way to express how special it is drains the spe- drains the humanity out of it, and ultimately the specialness. Hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I, I know I, you don't agree. Yeah, but. I can see where you're you're coming from, but you know, to my mind, it's it's the difference between. Um, you know, sexuality in the animal kingdom, where it is in the most part, you know, an act for reproduction and is often violent mm-hmm. and one-sided. With, yeah, with the are they still, try, are the they still trying animals. to work out exactly what the point of the female orgasm is? Yeah, there's two main <laughs> yeah. competing theories. One is that it's an artifact of the male orgasm, and the other is that it's bonding. It's a bonding drive thing. Mm-hmm. But then, why wouldn't animals have it? Uh, and some animals do. The bonobos being the bonobos. one example. Hey, the bonobos! We were talking Our new quite a bit about. Primate. We were talking about the bonobos, and I discovered more about bonobo sexuality than I ever thought I would need to know. Yeah, the the higher primates and uh, some of the higher cetaceans have uh, orgasms, and dogs mm-hmm. have female orgasms. Mm-hmm. That's Lucky true. Lucky dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously not cats. I don't know about cats, actually. Yeah. I haven't With researched The screaming cats. that goes on, I... Oh, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> I've heard I take that, that back. I've heard it said that the pig has an orgasm that can last for 30 minutes. Wow. So, so next time someone calls you no a pig... No wonder bacon tastes so damn good. <laughs> <laughs> it explains a hell of a lot. Which is about as sexy as it gets. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a pig now. <laughs> uh, I'll go. I'll go get a tub of something for you to roll around. In. <laughs> I had a pity for every time I heard that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's the, there's this you know sexuality as reproduction in in most of the animal right in the animal kingdom, and in humans it is taken to another level because of this. Um, you know, the, the intimate bonds that happen between humans. I mean, you can't... any uh, the, the whole idea of sex as being just this fun thing that people do... It's and a fun hobby. That, they can, <laughs> that you can do it and then move on and it doesn't affect you over a lasting, you know, over a long... It's rubbish. And, you know... It the, depends on the person. It, de- 
Yeah, there's different different people. Different people have different bonding orientations. Some mm -hmm. people are very deep bonders. Some people are not. Just like some people have a very angry disposition, and some people mm -hmm. don't. We've all got different genetic propensities for that. So. And being a very deep bonding person myself, I right. perhaps have a biased opinion right. on this sort of thing. Yeah. But you know, to me, the um, you know calling sex sacred is a way of acknowledging the fact that it is you know from my perspective this deep you know, the, this this recognition of a deep bond that is only possible between um, individuals who are capable of, of, you know, this recognition of, of the beauty and the, the specialness of what's inside another person and how that's different from themselves. It can, it can be with the right person that you're so incredibly open that right. it feels mm -hmm. extra special. Yeah. But, but even even with the right person, you you marry to someone or you live with someone for long enough, and there are different kinds of sex. There's yeah, the, yeah. There's the my soul was just rent from my body, and a piece of it is still in you. Sex, mm -hmm. and there's the hey, coffee's not going to be done for five minutes. Let's <laughs> what do you my fancy go uh -huh. around? <laughs> yeah, and, and and some kinds of sex really are as impersonal as a handshake. A have you guys seen the Commitments movie? Yes, the, 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 the two Irish, the man and the woman, they've obviously been married a long time, and she's sitting there knitting, he's watching television, <laughs> and he looks across and he goes, fancy a shag? And she stop, pauses for a moment, thinks about it, looks up at the ceiling, yeah, all right. And off they go upstairs. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and and there's all you know, and there's all kinds of sex in between. And, and mm -hmm. a healthy long term relationship will have all those kinds. Mm. You know, and I can throughout. I can understand that. You know, not I mean. I admit it, you know, again, coming from a place of no experience whatsoever, yeah. but it makes intellectual sense, you yeah. know, that, that, that I mean, those things I, would exist. The, the one experience that, that I had with someone that I was in love with was that I, there was literally this moment where you felt like you were able to see into the other person. Yes. Mm. It, um, in the, the description Talia Winters gives in Babylon 5 about sex between telepaths, someone yeah. so well. Yeah, yeah. That, that was... was definitely an influence in, uh, in Metamore's telepaths. Mm -hmm. It shows. Mm. In a good way, not in a rip-off way. Good, good. good. Right. But I'm sorry, I've blathered on, Pip, and you've just been sitting there over there sucking on the cab. <laughs> yeah, that's sudden sucking, sucking on the cab. Yeah. We're, 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 we're drinking a, a Cabernet Franc right now, which is actually quite good. It's very nice. It's yeah. a uh, sort of slap you awake and you know, make you take notice sort of a wine compared <laughs> to the Pinot. Yeah. yeah. Pinot's a bit more cruisy. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've actually been noticing that with uh, reading my own stuff, sort of going back to it, I, I notice you start to notice themes mm -hmm. um, that that you keep coming back to, and you you kind of go, oh, "Am I just like rehashing the same old thing?" And um, and lots and lots of the novels there is not necessarily a telepathic communication, but there is some sort of other That's connection. Right, there is, I. You're right. I I wouldn't have put it together quite so quick, but you're right. Yeah, and, and with the child, there's a there's a sort of a seraphim connection that go, that yeah <laughs> that that goes on in it. But um, I I think it's, uh, humans long to make connections with people, and mm. and sex is is one very intimate, profound way that you can make connections with it. And there's all different varieties, all different shades, and um. It can be as profound as being able to see into the the depths of the other person's soul, mm -hmm. and it can be as profound as you want to shag in the morning. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, it's like it's like food. You can have incredible gourmet cuisine yeah. that changes your perception. You of can the pick world. up some fast food on the way or home. You can pick up some fast food. <laughs> 
And both have their place. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah. Mm. But a diet of junk food is going to kill <laughs> no, you in the long run. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and largely it, unsatisfying. Yeah. Well, and a, a diet of any shallow relationship will just will 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 jade your your mm. capacity for intimacy over the long term. Mm. Um, but you know, and. and Diet of exclusively deep relationships can leave you completely wrecked. Yeah, you know. I don't. If you if you had sex where you can see into each other's souls every time, oh my God. I think you'd be just walking yeah. around like a shell shock. You know, yeah, you'd be, uh, you want to have sex? Fuck that. <laughs> I, I don't want to see any of Jacking soul. off today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there is a reason why in making the cut. All of the telepaths are hiding secrets from each other. Yeah. Because, yes, this whole gestalt thing, beautiful, powerful, <laughs> and oh, dear God, does it carry baggage. <laughs> I don't think oh, you'd want to be shit. able to see into somebody all the time. It could drive you absolutely well, freaking insane. Yeah, and it's that balance. I'm sure we've all had relationships, even just friendships, where... Mm. It's been a while since you've really connected with someone. Mm-hmm. And you meet someone, and they know you. Mm. They pick up on the things that you think are most important about you right away in a way that most people don't. Right. It can be very intoxicating. It is oh, yes. wonderful. Yeah. But if you have mm. only relationships like that, you don't feel like you have any space to be yourself. Mm. And if then, someone sees mm. you so well, you begin to feel kind of like they're dictating to you if they're seeing you that well all the time and it's constant. Mm. Um, you, you feel mm. like you're not quite all the way in control of yourself. You need to, I mean, you. As much as humans want to connect with each other, they also want to have you also want to have a bit that's yourself yes. that you don't share with everybody else that, it's, that's just for you. It's the great paradox of, of humanity that you see reflected in, in the world's religions is are we individuals or are we all parts of you know nodes of the same great essence? Yes. Well it's bits and pieces <laughs> of both. Really. Mm. You know, we're we're all individual and that individuality is precious, but we're all connected. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, I think that's why I like of the erotica stories that I've written. I like um, Measureless Demand because yes. I, I, the fir- I think the first story was about sex as control mm-hmm. because it's the ghosts and the and they're using sex to manipulate a person. Right. Uh, uh, the third story is probably about sex as a dangerous thing. Yes. <laughs> and I think um, the, the second sex one is a weapon really. Yeah, and I think the second one is um, about loneliness and sex. And yeah, I th- well, that whole scene where we, uh, you know, she makes the connection to the creature. Yeah. And, you know, the real. You know that you feel mm-hmm. the heartbreak. Oh yes. That you know the the, the thing and you know the, that desperate need for understanding. I think that's like the romantic poets is all about. Uh, yeah. A lot often really they write is. about the 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 bittersweet, lonely nature mm-hmm. of of humanity. And how that. The, the intensity of that connection, how its hosts couldn't deal with it. Yeah. You know, we've, we've, you know, as much as we've had those relationships where we connect to somebody and we feel like they know us so intimately, we've also had those relationships where someone tries to connect to us and tries to pour into us more of their lives than we can handle. Yes. Yeah. You know, that whole, that, that sense of, I really need to stop hearing this. Because mm-hmm. I can't carry this this burden. Right. That this is too much for me, and you are you are. Violating, you used to be like a crutch, you know. Yeah, yeah. violating my my space and my sense of self by pouring using me as a vessel for all of your personal bullshit that yeah. you can't deal with, mm-hmm. and. You know, it it is suffocating, mm. and sometimes you can work through those 
stages if you you know if you've if you have a reason to have compassion for the person, you can sometimes work through those things to the point or, where or they. Or if you have a very, very mm. well developed sense of internal boundaries, right? You can you can stand up to a lot of that. You can listen without taking it on, mm-hmm. at least for a longer time. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I had one one uh, friendship in particular where I it went through that phase mm-hmm. of, you know, them needing to unload this inner turmoil and i was just not equipped to deal with it and it was Mm -hmm. it was gut-wrenching it was it was it made me want to run away and it was only the compassion that i felt for them that made me keep going through it for a time and eventually they matured and they got through they worked through their own stuff and we were able to come back together you know some years later and actually have a healthy bonded relationship that is you know still very precious to me but there was a time there where oh gods i <laughs> you know it's like showing up on my my doorstep at one yeah. in the morning and it's like i really can't mm-hmm. deal with it's this. like having a friend who's trying to trying to kick alcohol or something and they just moments notice if you've agreed to be there for them uh-huh it's it's quite a chore for a while yeah it's it was a chore but it's the sacrifice that you make because you care about the person yeah. and but you can't do that forever because no. it will suck the soul out of you yeah, yeah there's only there's only so much of you can yeah. yeah there's only so much of you to go around yeah, yeah. You got it's always... a lesson that everybody who's poly learns very quickly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um no it's uh you're talking about the different the different ways uh you deal with it in mm. you're right i'm th- thinking on um Say like Lilith and uh, um, and then in Antithesis and then in um, Down from Ten, very different ways I'm dealing with sex mm. and, mm-hmm. and all three of those. In, in the sculpting God stories are all very romantic. Mm. Um, they're about uh, about longing and desire and and, th- and oh and longing oh things. I could eat up longing with a spoon. You've got to listen. <laughs> You'll love these stories. But th- but they're very. They're, Wasn't they're... that pretty much chasing the bar? Yes, yeah, one, one, big one ode long, to long longing. longing. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're they're stories about longing and about how and the different ways the different characters cope with longing. And um, antithesis is about isolation. Mm. Um. It and and ha, and peop, you know, all the different characters cope with their isolation. They've got they're carrying such big burdens that they can't share them without you know you. Op- Sometimes you weight a structure so heavily that if you open a door, the structure will collapse because yeah. it needs that extra support. And down from ten is about um, people who are uh, very, very connected and very communally oriented, and because uh, they have no choice. Well, <laughs> yeah, but they're that way before they get there, <laughs> and um, and have and have trouble dealing with. Uh, you know they get trapped in they get trapped in this cabin and then they have to deal with well how communal are we yeah you know? <laughs> oh, really yeah you know trapped together for ten days mm-hmm. yeah, cabin fever sets in but they they're all very you know all the characters in in sculpting god are are they they see something they want and they almost none of them actually get it some of them do um, in antithesis, everyone wants to be with someone, but no one can give up their autonomy. Mm. Um, at least so far. And in um, down from ten, everyone loves being connected so much that, the, and they are so well connected that it creates its own set of problems. Mm. And so I'm kind of dancing around the different extremes mm-hmm. of 
of the way relationships work, just mm. kind of like mm. you are. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that I think is a real strength for you, Pip, is the fact that you're able to deal with exploring and expressing sexual you know, themes in such a wide variety of yes. different ways. Very impressive. I mean, a mm. lot of, you know, the, 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 the sexual stuff that I write tends to have common threads running through it that are mm. all pretty much related to the way that I see relationships between human beings. Um, the fact that you're, you know, I, you know the, the way that you deal with sex in Chasing the Bard is so different from the way that it's, it's dealt with in the first couple of ep episodes of Erotic oh, Call yeah. Heart. Mm. I mean, and those two are very different from each other. You know, it's, it's like you... You're able to, you've got this crystal that you're looking at from all of these different angles. It's like, oh, if I turn the light this way and okay. I look at it that way, what does that do to the the? It's a the very patterns? very good simile. That I like that. Thank it, you. It's very appropriate. I yeah. Agree. Well, mm. <laughs> and you, some of, some of the <laughs> facets are more uh, appealing to me personally than others. Yeah. Um, the first episode of Erotica a la carte. Um, I didn't really, I have to be honest, I didn't really care for it that much. I mean, I love the, the setting um, and the premise, but the, I think it, there, it, was, it was kind of a turnoff for me, and I think the reason was because of the use of sex as control. And, yeah. you know, that, that, that set up a dissonance between the story and my, my own, you know. Yeah, interior, you know, but there are own, people that use Sex is control. Oh, I know that there are. <laughs> and the fact that you're able to go to that place and explore that yeah. in such a, an effective way that it was able to give me the creepy crawlies <laughs> is, you know... Yeah, and I, with the erotica, I, I assumed that I would get better at it. Somebody said, mm -hmm. oh, well, there's not a lot of sex in the first episode. I was like, I, I sent him back an a, a email and said... Give me a chance. I'm just building up. This is this is how I'm. This is that, like that learning. On, this is was, watching me learn how to be. Yeah, that was on Twitter. Uh -huh. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, this is this is watching yeah. me take baby steps. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've mm -hmm. the the second episode was was, was alien sex, and mm -hmm. the um, the third episode was from a male point of view, which is also something I'd never mm. never really mm -hmm. done. Um, and I think as it probably gets goes along, there's going to be sort of more poly. Um, mm -hmm. Do some more male on male action. I'm, I'm going to, cool. you know, experience, try and do all those different things, and and some of them are obviously not going to be. <laughs> you're not going to be attracted to all of them, but it's sort right. of an, mm -hmm. a fun way of exploring different things, mm -hmm. and it's pretty much all all I really wanted from this. The whole idea was just a fun way to play. you know play with it mm -hmm. and um and see where it's. And I think it's, it's telling going. that even though the sex in itself did not was not a turn on for me. Mm. I still enjoyed the first story and mm. I enjoyed listening to it to find out what was going to happen because what was going on with her character was interesting. So if you can continue to um tell interesting stories about people um as you're dealing with all these different facets of sexuality, I think that that mm. will be very effective. Because you know, sexuality in and of itself is not um it can't be viewed in isolation. It, it's all about context. Yeah, it's all about context. It's all about what is this doing to the people involved in it, and yeah. how do they change as as individuals? You know, otherwise it's just porn. Yeah, <laughs> and not very good porn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I really have loved both of your work, all the stuff that I've read or heard so far, because 
you both deal with sex in very adult ways, mm. and um, you, it's not necessarily about getting your rocks off. It's, well, yeah, right. <laughs> hey, sometimes that happens. But that, no. that, that'd be a nice side effect, but, but you know. Yeah, but no, it's when you got that you got that email about you know I got over this when I was thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a very juvenile way to write sex. You know, mm. you see it in comic books a lot. Mm. Um, or in movies. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Or sitcoms, God yeah, help yeah. you, if you're yeah, dumb with, enough to watch them. Yeah, with very very few exceptions, like BBC's Coupling. Is yeah, well, that's adult. but that's also that's the British idea yeah, of a British sitcom, sitcoms, not yes. an American sitcom. But, um, but there are certainly juvenile ways to write sex, but the two of you in, in, in different ways... Sex doesn't happen, it doesn't even come across your pages and your words without it being very adult, whether it's carefree adult and Mm. let's have fun, or my soul just got changed by this guy who didn't know he was doing it. Mm. Um, There's there's this this vibe from both of you in your fiction about... um, about taking sex seriously as a part of life that I really appreciate. Mm. Well, thank you. Thanks. Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers to adult sex. Absolutely. Yeah, beats the alternative. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting when I have to do funny sex. But, I mean, oh, sex I'm is really naturally funny. So, well, yeah, but, I mean, you, well, you, you, you must have experience to draw on, though. You've been in Oh, bed yeah, giggling sex is... <laughs> yeah, you just... Fall down laughing. It's some of the best sex in the world. Yeah, yeah. Sex and laughter is is, oh, is wonderful together. Is a fabulous combination. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> you want to put it where? <laughs> or 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 you if just, you can, all right. Or or, or you know, you, one of you zones out while you're having sex, as <laughs> happens. You know, happens sometimes when you've been with someone for a long time. You kind of. Sometimes someone will zone out and go to fantasy land or start thinking about the laundry or whatnot. <laughs> and the other one will make a silly face. You know, <laughs> thrusting still going on, you know. <laughs> and someone will stick their tongue out and go, ah. <laughs> and you you bust up laughing and you can't even finish until you stop, right? You just, you collapse. And, but it's wonderful. Mm. It, it, you Sex know, and laughter actually go. Yeah, and laughter is fabulous. But that, that's the too. thing when you see that in the movies, it's all very oh, oh, slow yeah. and sensual. Oh, yeah. It's like you know that no one funny sex on TV mm-hmm. yeah. or that that uh, old uh, shaving commercial where the guys you know starting to make out with the girl and he's rubbing his his you know face over her feet and she's starting to laugh because of, you know his beard is tickling her and he gets miffed and he goes and shaves it off and then he comes back with his smooth cheeks and she's like oh mm. <laughs> so. when first time i had sex a friend asked me afterwards so how was it and i thought for a minute i said Looks easier on TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's like I look at the the diagrams of the Kama Sutra, and it's like, okay, this did not, they did not research this without a lot of falling down. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, were, oh, I think I've strained something. <laughs> there were bruises involved, <laughs> and not the sex, fun kind. Yes, it's, you you can't go through and have a sex life without encountering sometimes the chance for serious injuries. <laughs> For <laughs> arrest, arrest is good too. Oh, mm. yes. Public Out, parks are wonderful. Outs, for that. Outside adventures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I yeah. Mm. I, I, I think hopefully the next erotic <laughs> I will be funny sex. Woo-hoo! 
Woohoo for Buddy Six. Yes, as opposed to uh, what the scene in Chasing the Bard bordered on, which was unintentionally funny. Cheesy Six. <laughs> you can have Cheesy Six too. <laughs> yep. Yes, you can. Particularly if the guy's got a big mustache and talks with a Spanish accent. Nice. Yeah, when, when, when T. Morris started quoting Shakespeare, oh. it's like. And yeah, it was it was masterfully acted. It was very. But I the... cut down the cheese factor when she said it was not his best work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But considering that they were shagging each other at the time, she but, gave him points for trying. Right. Speaking of T. Morris, though, we're talking about funny sex. We've got to mention the sex scene in Billaba Battings in the case of the singing oh, sword. Oh. Billy's like, battle axe, I yes. called it. A Grindle, a Grindle Malt, a Grindle Malt, Grindle Malking, being a being short, yeah, you know, being s- short is not the same as being small. <laughs> I lifted her dress up and showed her exactly why it's so nice to have a lover half your size. <laughs> <laughs> or as Indiana Jim said, Billy Vattings brought new meaning to the term private dick. <laughs> I mean, if he was going to keep in the noir genre, he had to have a sex scene, didn't oh, he? Yeah, of course. Yes. Of course. Yes. So, uh, and yes. such a lovely choice of partners. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're talking funny sex? Yeah. yeah funny sex. Oh, that was fucking brilliant. That was very yeah. amusing. Yes, noir needs a lot more sex. It, it used to be all about sex, and it's mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the new crime fiction. Thank you, Tarantino. Has no sex in it at all. Did I have... Oh, 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 oh. I've got to... If you've not read it yet, you've not read any of Jim Butcher's stuff yet. No, you just lent me his book. Yes. There is a scene in, I think it's book five. Um, There there is a character who was um, partially partially turned into a vampire. Um, Mm -hmm. Not all the way. And so she's kind of stuck in this halfway between stage where if she ever actually drinks anyone's blood, she will turn vampiric. But she's got the instincts. And, you know, this, this you know, she's been out of Harry's life for some time mm-hmm. and then comes back in. They, and... they, they adapted that into an episode. It was very, very good. Okay. They yes. did. Yeah. But, what, but basically, there is this point where he is talking to the teenage daughter of his friend Michael, the, you know, who is the catholic knight of the cross and so you know this girl who he's watched growing up and they're having this conversation in a tree house about you know the fact that he would like to be able to be with this woman and it's not safe and and you know they're use you know it's like the 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 teenage daughter is using the term bleeping as a verb. And it's like, well, if she were tied up while you were bleeping, then she wouldn't be able to bite you. And he's like, this conversation has gotten way too bleeping disturbing. <laughs> but later on, he and the lady in question try this idea, and it nice. is you know she where she is tied up and chained to the the ceiling of and. Yeah, it's it's oh my gosh, one of the most sensual love scenes that I have ever she's read. Tied to the ceiling? Yeah, she's like her. her oh, I her, remember. Sorry, I was like imagining chained. her whole body tied. No, to not the her whole. Like, no, but it's like her hands are chained up. Yeah, yeah. And so he's you know he's behind her and is you know there's it's 
incredibly sensual and there's this element of danger running through it because of her instincts starting to come forward and she's starting to lose control because she's letting go of control and so there's that so that aspect of surrender and i don't go in for bondage stuff really Mm. um especially male dominant bondage it's it's you know but because it was like this it's this voluntary surrender kind of a thing yeah it was like you know she she was the stronger one in the relationship you know just by virtue of her, her physical strength and deliberately surrendering herself in this situation it was Oh God, it was so hot. <laughs> and th- there's not a lot of explicit sex in the Dresden books, but that scene is one of the most erotic things I've ever read in any any uh, any series. <laughs> okay, so until next time, I will talk to you guys soon. Until then, keep it on the bright side.